Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhart. State Attorney General is launching an investigation into that recording of a racist conversation among three members of the Los Angeles City Council. This says President Biden arrives in Los Angeles. He is among the many elected officials demanding those council members resign their seats. And one of them just has. City Council President Nuri Martinez in the past hour did step down, issuing a statement. She is resigning her seat, not coincidentally, just before the president arrives in Los Angeles. This controversy continues to dominate the political headlines. Its fallout could extend to changing the way L.A. draws its districts. There's already a proposal to expand that council beyond its current 15 seats, and there's growing momentum for having an independent commission draw the district boundaries in Los Angeles, just as is done statewide and in many California counties, including San Francisco. And the scandal is exposing just how racially charged L.A. politics can be and how those in power use their offices to consolidate that power. Well, for more, we're joined live on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Mindy Romero, a political sociologist who is director of the Center for Inclusive Democracy at the USC Price School of Public Policy and whose research focuses on political behavior among communities of color in California. Thank you for being with us. All right, talking about political behavior among communities of color, what is this scandal going to do to the relationship between the black and Latino communities in Los Angeles and maybe even statewide? Sure. Well, at a community level, of course, it it certainly, uh, unfortunately, breeds distrust. Uh, many of these communities uh, have been building uh, quite substantially coalitions over the years, coming together to try to work as allies, right, in the political process in, in terms of improving their communities, making sure they have greater representation. And something like this is a significant blow to all of those efforts. Uh, and unfortunately will be taken by many as evidence, right, of their worst fears in terms of how they view their, you know, their allies as actually working with them. State Attorney General Rob Bonta says he will investigate whether the council members abuse the redistricting process and undermine its credibility. How damaging is this recorded conversation to the faith the public has in that system at this point? I think incredibly damaging. So as you've already noted, uh, LA has a long history just in the last few years, but certainly historically, um, you know, with charges of corruption, uh, at least uh, some forms of political manipulation. And um, it's a city that has a lot going on it, uh, going on in terms of politically at the community level, but yet has also suffered from kind of grassroots engagement. A lot of great efforts that are happening to, to mobilize people, but it's still hard sometimes to get you know, full representation of communities. And then you have something like this that makes people who maybe already wondered why they should participate, why it matters, do they really believe or should they trust in their elected officials acting on their behalf, um, you know, for their communities. 
now this kind of serves to make people like evidence of those very fears and maybe further wonder why they should participate. At the same time, though, I hope that as we're seeing some activism around this and a lot of anger around this, this will bring some people into the uh, electoral process, into the political process, that feel like they have to make change, that they want to be heard, that they're angry about what they've seen, and, you know, hopefully we'll have in some ways some forms of engagement that maybe we didn't see before uh, in the positive path of trying to uh, write something anew. When you talk about possible remedies, I want to ask you about one that's already been floated that Doug uh, talked about in his introduction to you, and that is the proposal to expand the city council beyond its current 15 seats. Would that help? I mean, it, it seems like it would make it more of a mess. Well, I think that's the, you know, that's the balance there, right? Um, something has to be done in terms of rebuilding people's trust. And many people feel that, uh, even before the events of the last few days, that the council right, was kind of untenable. It was just un- un- unfixable, that it was corrupt. I'm not saying that it was or wasn't, but that, you know, certainly a lot of concerns about the actions on, on the part of the council. By changing the numbers, you do two things. You, uh, you literally add faces, right, and representation to the council, but you also reset the map, and there has to be some sort of redistricting, right, based on these new, on the new number, and you get to kind of start anew. In reality, you're not going to totally start anew because you still have, um, you know, political power and, and uh, current uh, members that will want to right, still be members uh, in the face of this new number and this new reconfiguration, and you will still have people vying for political power to, to keep the power they have now, um, even with new districts, or to, you know, to gain new power in that process. And so it's not going to be a, you know, a happy kind of uh, uh, process, if you will. I think it's going to be, we're going to see more political maneuvering uh, through that. But that is one way of kind of resetting the, the table. Um, and we don't have a whole lot of options here uh, in terms of, of trying to rebuild trust. President Biden has called for these council members to resign. He just happens to be coming to L.A. just as this is happening. And now the city council president has stepped down. Is there a potential negative fallout for him and, and his party just four weeks before the midterm since you know, the Democrats are the party in power and these embattled figures are all Democrats? Yeah, I think certainly this is a, a story that has gotten state-level attention, national attention. You know, whatever happens in L.A., especially if it happens uh, also influences the congressional district races that are, you know, in and around L.A., that will impact, or could impact, I should say, uh, the battle for control of Congress. I, you know, I don't know if we have, we don't have very many um, competitive districts around L.A. proper. We do have competitive districts in California, but they're still just a small percentage. Um, I think just basically that, you know, we should think about L.A. as being obviously one of the biggest power centers in the country, period. What happens here does impact national politics. Uh, if it's going to impact the midterms, I think it's another story. You know, gubernatorial race is non-competitive, essentially. Um, we might have been looking at that, maybe, but um, I don't think it's going to impact in any way, shape, or form the outcome of, of our gubernatorial race. Uh, I think maybe it's maybe a longer-term question, too, as we get through this. If this issue continues to grow and stays in the public, which is a question mark, but I hope that it does stay in, in the public's minds. Um, calls for reform in L.A. could influence calls other places uh, within the state and nationally, and that maybe could be a lasting impact in terms of, like, you know, how does that impact um, those who are running for, for office and 
the dialogues in those other districts around the country in terms of things like independent redistricting. You talk about resetting the map, uh, and, and to do that, you could do it by expanding the city council in Los Angeles. Who decides whether the council should be expanded? Is that up to the voters? And if so, it's probably too late to get on the midterms, right? Yeah, the proposal is a is a uh, an initiative, right? A local measure. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of different options that are proposed. Well, I shouldn't say there aren't a lot of options, but um, I, I'm not quite sure what the timeline would be. Um, you know, uh, ultimately, any real change has to be done by the voters. Um, the council itself doesn't have a lot of power. Um, you know, in the resignation, they can appoint. Um, we assume there would be a, a short-term election, right, to replace that person. Um, but uh, ultimately, the voters are going to have to decide here what they want to see in their city and what the power structure is. All right, well, thank you so much. As you say, a story that does not seem to be going away. Mindy Romero, director of the Center for Inclusive Democracy at the USC Price School of Public Policy. I would expect we may get two more city council resignations there in the, in the next couple of days. We'll have to see how this plays out. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. By sheer coincidence, uh, Patty and Brett, this week's episode of our new national podcast, The Homestretch, focuses on the Latino vote in next month's midterms, although really the special focus is on Texas, but also nationwide. That comes out tomorrow morning, wherever podcasts are served. You can find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.